This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. I played with an S10 the other day. Right, so that's not the folding phone. No, 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 nothing to do with the folding phones. Um, yeah, I, I meant to ping you on Slack about it the day before yesterday. I had, I had a little bit of time with one. I, I, I didn't like it. I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a flagship phone, right? This is quite an expensive one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's well, I say quite expensive. I even think for the S10 Plus, it was starts at eight ninety nine. So I looked at the price tag and I was like, oh, that's that's really good. Like just kind of on par with the 10s max so it's a good 200 pounds cheaper yeah but yeah i guess shock horror the iphone guy doesn't like the new samsung phone <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the whole punch thing that they've got going on with the screen mm. i found that way more jarring than i than i expected it to be in person so that's they've got the camera down to a teeny tiny like a hole punch essentially just a little bit out of the screen yeah so on the s10 it's a single hole punch and on the s10 plus it's like a it's almost like a double hole punch but it's like a what's the word i'm looking for a rounded rect almost yep. so you can get two camera lenses in there or, or, or whatever the extra thing is in there alongside the the camera i think it might be some other sensor or something i, I don't know but um it just felt odd i, I i've watched all the youtubers like i you know watch all the tech people on youtube and reading all the sites and i I looked at the whole bunch and thought yeah that looks all right no no real qualms but yeah in person it's just just odd and i can't put my finger on what it is and then the second thing that got me was the chin they've still got a chin and that made me realize it's still not edge to edge well it made me realize how much i take for granted the fact that like on my iphone 10 and obviously the 10s isn't that it does go edge to edge and that the bezel along the bottom of the phone is the same as what runs up the sides and the top that doesn't include the notch part of it yep yeah that, that just and i know someone who i work with's got um what is it is it a huawei mate p20 or something um okay yeah, yeah. that's also got like a, a chin and there's someone else who's got some other android phone that's also got a chin but it, again it's like a curved oled round the corners kind of thing but it's still got this chin on it and yeah it just made me kind of Think I, I use my iPhone 10 every day, and it's like, well, of course the screen goes right to the bottom, so it's the same dimensions on the bottom of the bezel as it is along up up the sides. Um, and yep. worse still, the chin was bigger than the forehead, to my eyes at least. Anyway, I mean, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't take a tape measure to it, but I would just find that infuriating. I think on on a daily basis. I don't know, right? Because there's a thing here where. I imagine there's there's people on the other side of the fence who would say the same thing about the notch. True. And that because you have the buttons and everything at the bottom so often with, with Android that maybe the chin just, just doesn't, you know, feel like a thing when you're using it. And I sort of think about how we kind of get used to the notch so quickly as well that maybe these sort of foibles of the their design kind of feel the same after a while. Uh, but... On the other hand, I look at it and I kind of go, yeah, I, I wouldn't be happy with that. You know, that, that would irritate me, like the, the everything that you've said. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe the, the whole punch is, is kind of cool, depending on how the OS sort of supports it. That's that's kind of what I, I feel um, that maybe Apple could have done. And I think there's various reasons that they've gone with the 
the notches is not least of which obviously you've got all of the true depth stuff in there and it needs that space yeah i mean you'd end up having like four or five hole punches wouldn't you in the top to get all that kit in there yeah exactly uh but i could imagine like over over time that's going to come come down and become smaller but i feel like that rather than a hole punch apple will end up doing something else there's an element with the notch that they've gone for it because it helps sort of define their their shape uh, if you think about it, you can see an icon of the um, iPhone 10 and onwards with the notch as the only kind of defining feature in the, the rounded rect of the design of the phone. Yeah. And you know that that's supposed to be an iPhone. And I think I think there was an element of them kind of like putting a, a stake in the ground with the with the notch and the design there to sort of give something that was iconic for the iPhone. Yeah. Whereas... With these devices, yeah, the hole punch is distinctive right now, but it won't be in another few months' time, given where the competition will start to go within other Android devices. Um, yeah, so if I look at a lot of Android devices at the moment, I find it difficult to tell the difference at times in terms of, of which companies made what or whatever. And some of that, I guess, again, it's because I'm not fully into Android. But again, you know, you put put these different models side by side and I, I, I just sort of go, yep, that's an Android phone. <laughs> that's an Android phone too. <laughs> um, but I guess maybe that's not going to be true of, um, of, of other devices that are coming out. So the Fold, for example, that that's by definition pretty distinctive right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. What, what, what do you think about it? I... Uh, I don't, I honestly don't know. Like there's this part of me sort of feels like I'm waiting for, for Apple to do it properly. Maybe, <laughs> uh, is, and then another part of me looks and sort of goes, okay, well, honestly, it's not for me what I see with the folding phone and, and how I sort of see it to behave. I'm not sure I could really be, be bothered with that. I'd be unlikely to really keep folding and unfolding my phone and I'd probably resent the thickness. Uh, but another part of me feels like this is, this is kind of cool. There's an innovation that's happened here and I'm kind of interested to sort of see like what the, uh, the sideways benefits of having that sort of technology could be. So maybe it's not about a phone, but maybe it's more useful in other categories and other types of devices. And I I think that could be the real winner. Well, sort of like a Nintendo switch style device with a flexible OLED or something that can. Yep. Yep, that sort of stuff, or potentially even it's um, an iPad type of device, you know, a tablet, and the, 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 where the, the folding kind of makes more sense in certain use cases. You know, maybe when I'm sat at a desk, I want to be able to unfold and have a much bigger screen, for example. Right. That, that could be, be part of this. Uh, or even if you think about the idea of... Um, soft keyboards being the thing and then you've essentially got two pieces of glass either side for a laptop then maybe the folding makes more sense at that point you know it's a tablet in one orientation when it's flat and then you bend it in the middle and the bottom becomes a keyboard it you know it sounds a bit over there at the moment and a bit weird but maybe there's there's sort of benefits to the technology to sort of using it in that sense yeah uh i, I guess the biggest thing for me, is the fact that the the screens have they lose the glass, don't they? Because you know, Gorilla Glass can't fold like that; it would shatter. 
So we're, we're mm. back to some kind of plasticky material, which I guess is going to pick up scratches way more. Um, and also, you know, gotcha. the, yes. the crease, there has to be a crease, um, especially in the Samsung one, because obviously that opens like a book and the screen is like the pages of the book as, as you open it. And that yep. is a seriously tight bend radius to, to get that screen to fold around. So... I don't think, at least at the time we record this, I don't think any of the press have actually had any hands-on time with the device. So really, all, all yep. we've seen is what we were allowed to see in, in the presentation. And I spent the whole time... I did watch some of it live, actually, on, on YouTube, and I spent the whole time just, like, looking really closely when it when they had the device unfolded in shot, like, where is that crease? Where is that crease? There's got to be a crease. Mm. And then, sure enough, the light just caught it in a certain way, and for a split second, yeah, you could see the crease. Um, yeah. It's it's telling that a lot of the photos that are out there. As I look on it now, I've, I've you know been booting up a few articles to see these devices a little bit more because I hadn't paid a hundred percent attention to exactly what they look like. And the photos that I'm seeing are ones of where it's got like a butterfly on the screen and it's black oh, yeah. across the fold. <laughs> so I wonder if that's like you know the picture that shows it off the best is actually where the fold is kind of hidden by the background being dark and that maybe if there's a, a variety of color there across the screen or whatever, you notice it more. Yeah. No, that, I think you make a good point, but it, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, it's easy to kind of poo poo this idea and for us to sit here and be like, well, Apple would never do this kind of thing. But mm. yeah, I, I guess I don't have any strong objection to the idea of a folding phone as a concept as like a, you know, a theoretical kind of exercise. I think, you know, you watch any sci-fi film and, um, you know, if you see someone with a folding device, it's like, yeah, that looks cool. But of course, in the film, there's like no technical restraints, is it? It's all kind of made up. It's like, of course, it works perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're usually usually thinner and you don't care about the battery life in that moment as yeah, well. Yeah, so there's no like real world practical decisions that you know, in, in like sci-fi that they have to consider. It's like, what can we make that looks cool on the screen? And if you were to take yeah. it to that level, then yeah, great. I'll have a folding phone. But with what we have right now, I don't think it's there. You know, creases being one thing that would, you know, to me it's completely unacceptable to have a crease like that in a screen. Um, you know, the scratching from the from the plastics and all the rest of it. Um, Huawei's version, that kind of, their folding phone, it folds the other way, doesn't it? So um, it's like the whole screen wraps front and back and then it kind of folds outwards. Um, right. Again, the issue there for me is I think you can... It's, there is like a crease mark on it, so it's kind of like a spine of a book. Yeah. Um, and also then, given that the screen is front and back, whichever way you put your phone down, some part of the screen is going to be in contact with the surface. So if there's like a piece of grit or whatever on a table and you lay your phone it's down... It's going to get scratched. Yeah. So as soon as you open it up into tablet mode, uh, like the left-hand portion of the screen, which is, say, like where the back always touches the table, is going to be like the rubbish part of the screen um, over time. Well, yeah, and, and imagine trying to put a case on that that's going to very, need a very specific type of design to protect it. Yeah, I mean, you, you almost uh, couldn't, in a way, effectively put a case yeah. on it. Um, certainly with the Samsung one, uh, that would be a nightmare to get can a case imagine, on that. Can you imagine how terrible it will look with the screen protector across either side as well? That that will be... Yeah, because most screen protectors are not going to put up with being folded and unfolded as well. No. Did you see the uh, the <laughs> Samsung screen protector actually for the S10? I think, yeah, yeah, the S10, the S10 Plus. Um, I think it comes with a screen no. protector and it's got a hole cut out because it's got a fingerprint scanner underneath the, o- the OLED. 
Right. So the screen protector's actually got a cutout of a circle which aligns with where the fingerprint scanner <laughs> is. Um, yeah, I think once you take it to that level, I'd just rather not have the screen protector. I mean, what what looks worse? A couple of little nicks on your screen or this thundering great circle cut out of your screen protector. Um, mm. That's going to give you a very odd kind of tactile feedback for that area, I guess, as well. Yeah. Like the hole cut out of the screen protector is going to feel weird. It is odd, isn't it? But yeah. I guess I'm glad that these companies like Samsung, Huawei, and whoever else comes out with these, I'm glad they're doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, variety is good. Yeah, and it pushes you know. things forward. And I, I, it feels like to me, this is where kind of Apple's silence can become super irritating, I think, because to yeah. uh, an, an observer sort of outside looking in who doesn't perhaps understand Apple to the and follow Apple to the extent that we do, um, it almost looks like, well, Apple are like falling behind here. What's going on? They're not doing anything. They're just launching these, you know, boring flat phones. And probably, let's be fair, we'll continue to do that for at least the next two or three years, I would bet. Um, yep. All the while, Samsung keeps coming out with iterations on this, and they've obviously made a big splash with what they've done so far. Huawei are getting in on the action too. So it can kind of look yep. like, well, you know, poor old Apple, they're just struggling away. They can't innovate anymore, you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, I'm certain they've had this stuff in Cupertino for years, um, you know, as a prototype, as a tech demo. It's just, yep. yeah, they haven't made it into a product yet. It's a technology, it's not a product yet. So I guess essentially <laughs> these phones that we're seeing from, you know, Huawei and Samsung, they're almost like public beaters in a way. Yes. Um, yeah, they are. They're just willing to do quite it. Quite expensive ones. Oh, especially the Huawei. Apparently that, um, is it $2,600? Right, yeah. So that'll be like nearly 3500 NZ. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and what's the Samsung clocking in at? 1980, I think. So, yeah. yeah. The iPhone X's looking pretty good now, huh? <laughs> <You know>, 999, <laughs> yeah, we're all outraged. You know, $999 for a phone, really? And then, you know, <laughs> we're looking at... Look where we are now. Yeah, look at where we're going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess the difference between, you know, Samsung and Huawei and Apple is that they're, you know, Samsung and Huawei are willing to put these kind of essentially prototypes out there whereas, whereas yes. apple would you know keep it internal in complete silence for, for years and until the very last minute when they're happy to release it and then all of a sudden we'd know about it yeah and that, that's just kind of why i have a, a kind of running joke with a couple of people that, that with this sort of stuff i'm just waiting for apple to say they've invented it <laughs> <laughs> you know it is there's an element of truth in that in a sense of um i'm waiting to see what apple's take is and you know whenever they enter any sort of category the the claims that they will make with with the technology they've got will essentially leave you feeling like they've invented it <laughs> you know? uh, but, but you know being uh, first isn't their thing is it no no and, and that's okay i i, I think it depends. They are first in certain ways. So, you know, they weren't the first MP3 player, but the iPod was the first of its sort of type of, of thing. If you think about everything that it was, you know, it, it was the first to popularize having a portable MP3 player and that, that kind of went mass market. Um, and I think the same sort of argument could be made uh, to a degree 
with the with the iPhone as well, in a sense of what that was for smartphones. Yep. The, the the view of smartphones around it, there were Android devices ahead of it, uh, but everything was kind of using keyboards um, and, you know, things like that. Uh, the iPhone represented what the device class has now become when it came out, regardless of what sort of came ahead of it and what was around it, it defined the category. Uh, and I guess with, with this sort of tech, I can't currently see what that would look like for, for Apple you know, folding devices. I, I feel like it would have to become a technology that becomes far thinner and far more nimble than it looks at the moment uh, for it to be something Apple adopt. But like I say, maybe there's something here where it gets used in a way we, we can't currently kind of predict. You know, maybe this, this sort of tech is useful for a, a device that doesn't exist yet or for something over in laptops and, and iPads that, uh, like I say, we, we, we don't currently have a feel for. Yeah. So. It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll I tell you what. So when this, this initially broke the other week, uh, there's a couple of other bits going on, like rumors around um, Apple working on AR devices. And this, you know, it's a perennial rumor. And in some ways, I kind of feel like I'm just holding on to sort of see what this, this AR thing is going to be. And part of me kind of looked at the folding screen and sort of had this kind of like idea of like, well, if if you needed, if you had a, um, a set of AR glasses, the, the type of screen or whatever starts to become irrelevant. If, if those were working well enough, you know, you, you almost don't need a whole load of other types of screen because you could do stuff in the AR space instead. That is very true, isn't it? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of, you know, fo- folding, folding screens where we're going, we don't need folding screens. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Uh, which is a long way away. I feel like even, even if best case scenario, there is actually something in that space that Apple released this year, for example, that, uh, it's it's going to be so early on that being able to sort of say, okay, I don't actually need um, a screen on my Mac or whatever because I can just see everything in AR on top of this keyboard. I still feel like that would be a while after that product, just in terms of what that, that would need to sort of make it work. Yeah, I, th- I think but, AR is yeah. going to just blow people's mind like when, when that actually comes to be what it what it could actually be. I yes. was thinking about it the other night. Um, obviously, I've got the whole dilemma of what I'm going to do about moving to a laptop again. Do I keep my iMac? I'm kind of going through this phase where I'm unsure of what I'm going to do now, having been speaking about it quite certain t- certainly in the last few episodes. Um, but I was thinking, like, would there come a point, maybe in the next five years, where I could just sit at my desk, put on a pair of glasses, and it kind of augments this 30-inch screen or whatever I want to run my Mac on? Yeah, you, you say let's yeah. let's watch the TV. It's like, well, do we need a TV anymore? Can we not just augment a TV on the wall? And then if you've yep. got indoor spatial tracking, so I guess if you have like a imagine Face ID where it sprays out IR dots everywhere, but imagine the glasses are doing that, so it can kind of uh, sort of scan the room and work out when you go into that room. Oh yeah, I'm in I'm in a place that matches the shape of the room that I know is the lounge. So yes. basically your glasses then know, oh, you're in the lounge and that's the piece of wall where you always like your TV. I'll just augment a TV there for you. 
Uh, yeah, so you can have persistent screens, persistent objects and things that, that pop up and come into place Yeah, I, I, uh, based on, on location. That would be phenomenal. And I think I've said before, like imagine if, say, Heather and I both had a pair and we wanted to watch Netflix. We could both watch yeah. the same, like a shared AR experience watching Netflix together, but through our glasses. Um, you know, if you were to set up a little CCTV camera in the room, we'd look a bit crazy, just both of us staring at a blank wall <laughs> with a pair of glasses on, but um could be amazing. Um, yeah. And again, that kind of discussion completely just, you know, it's like folding screens. Like, seriously, what, what, what were you thinking? The, the vision is so much greater than a, a folding OLED screen, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think as, as I said, that's, that's going to take some time to get there. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think foldable OLEDs could be cool, though. Um, I was watching, I forget who it was, one of the YouTubers, could have been MKBHD or maybe I, Justine, I can't remember. I think it was at CES, LG had um, like an OLED in a box television. I don't know if you saw right. it. It's, no. So you press a button and it's kind of got an OLED TV in there that's kind of rolled up and then you press a button and it kind of rolls out of its box and... <laughs> and you've got like a 75 inch tv but when you press it to go away you've just kind of got this small box that can just sit discreetly in your front room or, or whatever and it can raise itself to different that. heights so it could only like unroll itself say like i don't know six or eight inches and kind of have it as yeah. like a notification bar right um so i think yeah that that could be quite interesting it's definitely um because you get some people that want a big tv but they don't want the tv to dominate the room that kind of that kind of thing yeah, um, I'm not one of yeah. those people. I take great pride in my TV dominating the room, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I could see flexible OLEDs having some some cool something something to contribute in that space. Put it that way. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about somebody who is working entirely from their laptop and traveling from place to place. A screen that has some flexibility and could potentially be rolled out from something smaller could have a lot of value as well if you think about sort of being able to have a um a big screen when you're sort of sat at a desk with your laptop being able to pull something out and then you're working on on a much bigger screen than the laptop provides for example yeah things in that sort of category making use of this sort of technology could be quite awesome just for that sort of quite literally that flexibility that they're (laughs) providing (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I do like the idea of kind of minimising the space that things take up as well. Uh, I, uh, I would happily not have a visible television in our living room, just in terms of of how we're we're set up. It makes sense right now, uh, just in terms of how we watch TV as a family and that sort of stuff. But I could see a point where when the kids have moved out and it's just me and Tabby and the way that we watch things when we're together you know something that's not on or not there all the time or whatever could make sense something that is flexible or foldable could make sense or more to the point probably something with ar would make more sense by that point in time for us uh yeah (laughs) so just sitting here again i'm just thinking about like the possibilities of it it's just blowing my mind the fact that you wouldn't need a tv to watch the tv but you could have something that looks like a tv on your wall and you and yeah. you know, like think about it now. If you want a fifty-inch TV, it's I don't know, I don't know what they cost now. Say four nine nine. And you think, oh well, if you want to upgrade to a sixty-five inch, that's going to be an extra six hundred pounds. And if you want to go to the seventy-five inch, it's going to cost. 
Just imagine, like, just go into settings on your AR glasses and be like, just give me a 200-inch TV and put it on the wall. Done. No <laughs> extra money. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and and let's just wrap that the edges of that image around the edges of the room as well, yeah. as if it's been projected. Or, or There's all manner of different things that could be done, depending on, you know, how good the technology gets and that sort of stuff. But I mean, you could even take it to the extreme yeah. where you could just redecorate your room in AR. Like, I don't like the room. Like the room I'm sat in now, it's kind of yep. got like some, I used to call it like cookie colored, chocolate cookie kind of colored walls with like cream on the other wall. It's like, you know what? I'm fed up of that. Give me some red and blue. <laughs> Just if, uh, if the spatial tracking is good enough and, and yep. the screen projection, you know, the way, I mean, I don't know how the screens are going to work. Um, imagine if you had something that projected directly onto the retina. So it just kind of flooded your entire field of vision. So your entire field yep. of vision is open to manipulation, essentially. Um, yeah, the mind boggles. It really does. Um, I, I don't know what that's going to mean for us kind of socially and that kind of thing, because, you know, good, goodness knows, uh, yeah. give us a, like a four-inch iPhone or a five-inch iPhone, and most of us turn into zombies once we start scrolling through Facebook and get taken out of the real exactly. world. Exactly. You're going to find people that never take them off. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it'll be in much the same way as a lot of people the first thing they do when they get up is check their phone. The first thing they do will be to put the lens on and then that's going to need some caution, I reckon. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm bad enough with the phone as it is. And I was thinking the other day, do do I have a problem? I mean, am I addicted to the phone? Probably. If I'm honest with myself, yeah, Yeah. I probably am. Um, I can't, I, I rarely have it away from me. Um, and kind of the job I'm in now allows me to check it you know on a frequent basis without getting into trouble or anything and yeah it's it's probably not healthy so one side of me gets super excited and the other side of me is like oh look what look what damage smartphones have done to people in general um in terms of like attention span and consuming endless streams of nonsense you know you just keep scrolling through that like facebook feed and it's just like rubbish after more rubbish after more rubbish it's just getting shoveled down people's throats and i think actually Maybe, yep. Maybe the glasses could be could be a quite a dangerous thing when you think of it in that, in through that lens. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, if if the world that they could deliver, like the, the glasses or lenses or whatever it ends up being, if that augmented world uh, ends up being as full of potential as as I guess we would like it to be, then there has to be some caution. There has to be some uh, almost kind of, I guess we need to get our digital houses in order before, you know, being able to kind of completely uh, bend reality around us digitally. You know, there's there's a lot to get sorted out there. Um, I would say not least of which is kind of sorting out social media and and, and all of that side of things. I'd hate the idea to, you know, have this, this lovely set of, uh, whatever it is, lenses, glasses that is providing all of this sort of awesome uh, kind of augmented reality space to me, and then I've got to have the same old problems with notifications <laughs> or things. Some things working modally in some fashion or whatever, you know, and and the it, it just becomes this kind of constant level of static. I, I guess the goal with this sort of tech is going to end up having to be enabling people to sort of reduce that sort of noise, that sort of friction. Uh, and I guess I don't really see that coming from people like Amazon or Google because it will run counter to to the models they've got at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I, I 
biased Apple fanboy here, but I, I do see that this is going to be something that Apple defines and others copy uh, as companies are set up at the moment. Or maybe it's open for a new player, you know, or, or potentially that this would be a space where those other companies have to kind of change quite a bit in order to be sort of responsible uh, kind of gatekeepers of it. I guess, I guess wrapping this all up, we're sort of saying innovation, foldable phones. Yeah, there's something there, but it's not necessarily for us Apple people yet. Uh, yeah. And that we would perhaps like the innovation in the space to kind of be something more. And and I, I still sort of feel like the, the the foldable phone just isn't really enough. Yeah, it, it, know, it makes for an impressive tech demonstration and an, an impressive you know keynote. But I I don't think it's going to have. It's, I don't think it's going to be as impactful as perhaps even like you know the, the first real AR thing that we get. I think that's probably probably where we're heading. I mean, you just got to look at what Apple have done with AR kit on the on the iPhones. It's almost like they're training us to get us yes. ready for what AR is going to be. They're getting all the all their ducks in a row kind of thing, all the technologies, all the developer tools. So on day one, yep. when those AR glasses are announced, it's like, oh, by the way, developers, all that stuff you've been doing on the phones, um, that works over here on these glasses too. So, you know, <laughs> chop, yep. chop, make your apps, and uh, yeah, we'll see you, <laughs> we'll see you when, the, when the glasses are released kind of thing. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast, and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot. 